Hello everyone and welcome back to Archived Conversations. My name is Mia and welcome to Season 2. Um, I really appreciate anyone who is listening right now. Um, it's really awesome that I am able to continue this project and I'm really excited for our next round of guests and I hope you are too. So I hope you stick around and learn about June and um, the next episode will uh, be out on August 20th. So um, I hope you stick around to see who our next guest is. I'll be announcing it um, sometime later this week. But oh yeah, and I also just wanted to say um, that I apologize in advance for the audio quality throughout the video. Sometimes I feel like my voice isn't as loud. You can still hear what I'm saying, but also another thing is um, the air conditioning um, was turning on and off throughout the interview. Um, hopefully it's not too annoying, but you know, what can you do? It's Florida. <laughs> but um, yeah, just so just a little warning that there might be some white noise for parts of the video. Thanks for listening. It is season two. Woo! Yeah! Season two, baby! <laughs> Off to a good start with our first guest of the season, June. Yay, June! Hi! <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, Thanks for being here. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, please, please tell the people, introduce yourself. Sure, yeah, well thank you for having me. Uh, my name is June Morning. I'm also known as Jubilee. Um, particularly uh, within my capacity as a party organizer and, or a musical host, you could say, um, after David Mancuso of The Loft, a really uh, important influential party, which I'm sure I'll talk your ear off about over the next hour or so. Um, I also, I'm a librarian. Um, I would identify myself as uh, like really importantly for all my life, like an avid musical listener um, and really just kind of a perpetual student um, across across many disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, I studied literature in school um, and the sort of like analytical, like critical, like approach that that like um, imbued in me um, is one that I like carry with me in uh, independent studies to this day, many of which are kind of within the realm of, of cultural studies um, or sometimes sort of like religious studies. Um, and I would say like I've, I've found myself um, located very, very comfortably and like uh, just continually, excitingly like at kind of uh, in an in intersection of um, of music and, and dance music and party culture, um, as well as like sort of the spiritual and, and ritual dimensions, as well as like the, the uh, like social kind of solidarity potentials um, that are contained within that world, within that practice. Damn. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of an introduction. I'm so excited. It's a hell of a life, baby. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. My goodness. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I even in just that 
little introduction. I learned so much. Oh, so <laughs> I'm very excited to get into it. Yeah, into let's it get into it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I also just wanted to bring up. This was originally, yeah, the, a question, but um, we kind of got into it already. Um, we are actually from the same county in right. <laughs> uh, Florida. Countdown Little, County, the, baby. Oh my gosh, Three, you two, know two, it. Three, two, one, baby. <laughs> yeah, I repping, repping Melbourne, <laughs> as as Rick Ross did in uh, Kanye West's Devil in a New Dress. <laughs> like, <laughs> love, you know, it. love it. Different so traps I'm, I'm still getting mail from, you know, uh-huh. when, when they mistakenly send it to my parents' house. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's just, that's great. Anytime I meet somebody from the Space Coast, I just like... I'm just like you know, you know what's up. Yeah, it's and a it's a it's a distinct like subset of the Florida yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, like for example, unfortunately, I'm like we're laughing about it, but unfortunately, in my hometown, they actually um, had a petition going around Facebook. I don't even want to know <laughs> to change because our water tower was had the American flag or has the American flag on it. And they were trying to, they were trying to get signatures to change it to the Confederate flag. Jesus Christ! And so that's my hometown. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All kinds of. I don't. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Oh totally. uh, yeah. All kinds of fuck shit yeah. going on in, in that in that neck of the woods for sure. <laughs> yeah. So similar roots. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so. I guess I'll also just um, start off by saying I haven't yet had an opportunity to come to one of your parties, right. um, and I, whenever I cannot make it and I see all of the videos and pictures and stuff, I'm just like, man, I am for sure missing out. <laughs> um, and I really just like wanted, even though I haven't um, participated yet yeah i can see yeah is is crucial the impact, right you know so that's like really also why you're one of the people i thought of when i was brainstorming on who i wanted to ask to be a part of the show um so i guess i'm gonna ask some generic questions sure, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. like i'm just wondering like where Number one, where did this, I guess just, I'll, I'll just say like the passion for music, how did that transform into you, like choosing music for these parties and like we kind of mentioned before we started recording about how you don't really consider yourself like a DJ right. per se. Like it's a lot more. It's a lot more than that. Right. So, just if you could tell us about how the evolution of it, like how you got to where you are today, basically. Absolutely. And doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. When it yeah. Comes to the music. For sure. Um, I guess I'll first say like whenever somebody expresses disappointment about like not having made a certain party or not having made it to a party yet, like for me like I always say like like there's always another one yeah so it's like 
see you at the next party. And if, if not that one, then the next one after that. Um, so I will be overjoyed when you when you first do make it out. <laughs> and I, I have an invitation for you today for the next one. Um, so so yeah, to, to answer your question, um, I have been, uh, I would say like a music obsessive for, um, you know, like since, since like my early adolescence. Um, and it's just been like an extremely important dimension of my life. I kind of feel like I process like all of my experiences, like in a way, like through music. Um, like many people, like I, I look back at certain memories and, and always have like particular music like attached to that. Um, and I don't know, just kind of like whenever I'm like feeling a certain way or, or, or reflecting in some way like um, often music helps me kind of like make sense of what I'm feeling and uh, like put uh, almost sort of like a, a world to it um, just like to, to give like texture to my experience um, mm -hmm. and so like the importance of music in my life has just been like so firmly established um, and when I say like I'm a music obsessive, like that, uh, that goes into uh, I'm I'm an autistic person, and I would like identify music as certainly like my most like predominant special interest, um, and I have spent I want to say like nearly ten years now uh, using a website um, has kind of a like silly very simple name uh rateyourmusic.com i am mm -hmm. a i am a like certified like like rym kid um <laughs> and so i've used that to to discover music and to keep track of all of the music that i'm listening to for for yeah nearly a decade now and uh you know that can be for some people i think like uh maybe kind of uh like limiting like they they can find themselves like just like like engaging only with like what has become like sort of the canon of that particular community um but i've kind of found ways to use it that like have just opened me up to like worlds of music which i would not have otherwise like been able to uh, imagine being exposed to um certainly not if i just kind of like stuck to uh discovering music through like like the spotify algorithm mm -hmm. or, or something equivalent um and so like from very early on in my like avid musical listening my music tastes ran like very broad um and i started getting into i guess i would say maybe like the first like uh like electronic based music i was interested in was uh was coming out of a phase like in middle school and early high school where I nearly kind of exclusively listened to hip-hop and R&B like mostly yeah. contemporary um and started breaking out of that and just like listening to you know some of the like like alternative rock that I like grew up with like hearing through my dad and some of the like early 10s and and, and like late 2000s kind of like indie sphere stuff and so some of the first like electronic music that I was really interested in would be stuff like uh like crystal castles um and then like i don't know you have like indie bands that like like maybe like used a lot of synths like um 
like Phoenix, just like MGMT. Mm-hmm. And so like I started getting interested in electronics as just like another dimension of like the music that's out there and like uh, you know, once my taste kind of opened up beyond like any one particular genre, um, I found my interest like very rapidly kind of exploding to like, I want to hear it all. Like, mm-hmm. like I want to hear like whatever music's out there. Like I very, very quickly broke out of like, oh, like I, I don't like electronic music or I don't like country music. And it's kind of just like, like I, I love music. Um, and so I guess like by late high school, like I had gotten more interested in like maybe some like the odd like like left field kind of like more experimental uh, like electronic release or like uh, plenty of like synth based ambient. Um, but it was really like in college, um, right when I started to like figure out like my gender shit, like parallel to that experience, um, as I was kind of like breaking out of like the mold of like uh, just like the sort of like masculine social role that was like expected of me. Um, Parallel to that was kind of maybe like one of the last frontiers of really like embracing like different kinds of music. And I got like really into all kinds of pop music. Mm -hmm. And of course, like uh, a lot of pop music is like, it's it's like dance pop or or electro pop. And it's like based in like these like really like like danceable, you know, like bubbly, like, mm-hmm. uh, like high energy kind of, kind of like rhythms. Um, and so it was getting really into pop music right as I was like getting really into like exploring, like expressing myself in, in a more feminine way. Um, and parallel or shortly after that, uh, getting very much into, uh, PC music, which, mm-hmm. um, if you're not familiar, if anybody's not familiar, PC music uh, is a really, at this point, like iconic, legendary um, UK independent music label um, that just like um, for a decade now, they just announced like sort of the, the retirement of the label in their 10th year wow. um, has been putting out uh, just like intensely kind of like forward thinking um but also like uh, very much like pop embracing, um, like detailed maximalist, like sugar rush, uh, like UK club dance music informed, pop informs, like just insane music. Um, mm-hmm. And of course a close <laughs> affiliate of PC music is Sophie, who is um, an icon of mine and uh, a trailblazer within the world of electronic music, um, one of many trans women who can be identified as such. Um, and so this was really like, kind of like what, like just like hit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would identify as like the first thing, uh, the first like domino in the sequence of what would become me really falling head over heels in love with dance music and with the dance floor experience. Um, and so I know I'm going on like for a while now. Uh, but so my first dance floor experiences came uh, from DJs that uh, many of which would later become my friends that were very much mm-hmm. informed by this like moment of, um, you know, like PC music, like informed 
what what would go on to become what we now identify as like hyper pop um, okay. and a whole load of other sounds um, of course like the phenomenon of nightcore like just like this sped up like pop or like R&B like or even just like like chart like rock songs like uh -huh. just super sped up like chipmunk vocals like <laughs> that was in the mix um and then even kind of like like hard dance music like really uh -huh. like like pounding like hardcore uh, so wait when was this was this like high school uh this was uh I would say like this kind of moment started yeah. culturally like around 2013, 2014 okay, so. and I was kind of aware of it like yeah like I read Pitchfork so like yeah. I saw like one of the landmark like PC music releases that kind of like exposed them to a wider audience was mm -hmm. this this track Hey Cutie, uh, mm -hmm. Hey Cutie um, and I, I don't know, like I watched the video of that and was kind of like transfixed like this is, mm -hmm. this is unlike anything I've ever heard before. Um, that's a track that uh, A.G. Cook, the, the head of PC Music, worked on with Sophie in a collaboration, um, as well as a vocalist, and uh, Hayden Dunham, who now performs under HYD. She she provided the face of QT, which was sort of like a, a faux, like, energy drink that, like, the song mm -hmm. was like a jingle for. <laughs> and I was like, well, like, what the fuck? Like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. But I, I wasn't, like, ready for it. Uh -huh. And it wasn't until, like, that sort of like revolution in my personal life and and in my experience of gender like around like 2016 um mm -hmm. like my my sophomore year of college that like i kind of like caught up with it and i think like a lot of people kind of had a similar experience just because of how like just ahead of their time was like at at this point that's maybe kind of like a like a trite phrase to like say that an artist is like ahead of their time but like it's just like really objectively true yeah. of, of this <laughs> exactly. like cohort of of artists um and so uh yeah so around 2016 like i started um i started becoming kind of more engaged in like trying to find like spaces to uh to experience this kind of music like in a live setting um mm -hmm. i was already like an avid like live music fan like going out to see a lot of bands like in the tampa area and uh of course like in high school i would drive over to go to shows in orlando yeah um right <laughs> excuse me um and so i I don't know, like I, my eyes were open to like, like looking for these kind of experiences. And it was in Orlando, um, in kind of like a, a DIY, like, like DJ led little scene that was like very much engaged with this just like hyperactive, like sugar rush, like a million different sounds, like sped up and thrown in a blender. Um, and my first, like really like, I would say like epiphanic dance floor experience was also maybe like what could be identified as like my first like dance floor experience period not to mm -hmm. say that like I had never danced before or ever danced like around people but like um you know like certainly like the the dances <laughs> like in high school like we're not like of of the yeah. same order as really people like all like there to enjoy the music that's being played and just yeah and open to just like really giving themselves up to moving um mm -hmm. and so this first experience uh was 
kind of like a DIY affair. Um, I think it was a benefit show for, I want to say maybe Zebra Coalition, the organization mm-hmm. in Orlando um, for like LGBTQ youth. Um, it was at Hinao Contemporary Center. Um, and I walked in. Uh, I don't know who the DJ was at first playing, but like I was kind of just like, I was, I was roped in. Um, and who came on next um, would later become a good friend of mine, um, my friend Joy, who DJs under the name Rabbit Crime. Um, and they really like, like they they did it. Like that mm-hmm. was that was like the I don't know. That's when I like kind of was opened up to the potential of yeah. like of what concerted dancing over. Um, I mean, this was a, a fairly short period of time, but you know, depending on the energy level of the music that you're working with, like a short period of time with like very high intensity can be like as yeah. as sort of like full and an experience as like as maybe many hours spent on the dance floor. Um but like from there it was like I was just hungry for like any experience mm-hmm. I could get going out dancing. And uh you know, I was always the one that like as soon as we arrived to the function like I was on the dance floor like I was like running ahead of my friends to like get in there get on the dance floor like fuck a drink I don't need a drink like I just like like the endorphins that like start like doing their work while I'm dancing like that's like that's all that's all I need um and yeah just uh you know I parallel to to having these experiences I was reaching further and further back, listening to, to more and more uh, kind of like maybe classic Chicago house music, U- UK rave music, um, like breakbeat stuff, acid house, uh, anything and everything. Um, but I will say, I could paraphrase um, by a very influential uh, author to me, who I will probably go on to say more about, mm-hmm. Tim Lawrence, uh, when he was working on his first book, he usually like recounts that like during this experience at the beginning when he set out to write a book about house music, he says my ears were electronic, and uh, by this point this was kind of true of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had still like come from a background of of being interested in like so many different kinds of music, um, like initially kind of mostly like like rock based music, um, but I was like at this point in my life like just kind of firmly convinced that like any music that was kind of like, uh, you know, like something, something that, that spoke to like where we are, like in the world today, like, um, that was doing something new and interesting, like chances are it would be like electronic based music. Um, and I kind of engaged with like, maybe, uh, like, like some like classics of like seventies and eighties disco that like maybe had more like kind of varied like full band instrumentation and and I enjoyed that music but like um just wasn't really where I was at um Mm -hmm. until I don't know I guess it was gradual that I started becoming like more and more open to this but I would say the really pivotal experience came um during a period of time where my music listening was like starting to become focused and like a more genealogical kind of approach and like anything that I heard I became interested in kind of like 
Like, where did these sounds come from? Like, what preceded this that, like, kind of mutated mm-hmm. into this? Like, yeah. like how, how did we get to this point? Um, and so maybe around 2020, um, by this point, that initial moment had kind of, like, uh, had kind of waned um, of, of, like, this, uh, like, the PC music moment, really. Um, and it was a point where I could, like, already kind of feel nostalgic for for that point in my life and that moment in music um and so I guess like early in the pandemic um I I kind of like decided I was going to like take time to really engage with like where did all this shit come from like where did like from from what did PC music like emerge like like all all of the kind of what was going on in the background this uh like like more left field like post dubstep music like coming up in the UK and um just all of the I don't know everything that was kind of like brewing like that that led to this embrace and um so I started listening back to like I don't know I kind of like set myself up like okay like when's this moment when like uh when dubstep started to mutate into something that like could only more like broadly be considered like sort of a post dubstep or like a UK bass sound, which would later go on to become like what some call like bubblegum bass, like that that PC <laughs> music, like like uh, largely can be characterized in. Um, and then like maybe like a few days of kind of on this listening project, I became just like like no, this this isn't enough, like if I'm going to find out, like, where this came from, like, then I need to find out, like, 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 where did dubstep come from? Like, and I had already maybe kind of casually, like, done Mm. this sort of listening with, like, uh, with, like, uh, UKG, UK Garage, some will say UK Garage, because that's how they say it over there, (laughs) um, which is really, like, that's, that's from where, like, the original UK dubstep emerged, um, and it's like, well, like even garage is not far back enough because like that just comes from sort of like New York garage named for like the Paradise Garage, um, this legendary club. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of like, like you can just go back like yeah, that forever. Yeah. So I, I, I like all of a sudden Damn. found myself in a position of like, I need to go to the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a quest. Um, yeah. And so initially my quest oh. was even just kind of focused on like the beginning of what we could consider like electronic dance music. And so the first form of like dance music that was electronic was like what we could characterize as like electro disco. But after like a day of like starting with like, once there started to be stuff that you could characterize like as as electro disco, like in maybe like 1976 or something, like it was like, well, like, you know, I'm missing, I'm missing so much. Like, like, let me take it, let me take it back. Mm-hmm. Like, like before there was all this, like, you know, disco didn't really have any electronics in it. It was music mm-hmm. like played by a band in, in right. the tradition of, of funk or soul. Um, and so this listening project, uh, what it really became was like, I think I initially started from, from maybe, 1972 but then would go on to kind of revise that earlier and earlier um but I spent like months listening to like everything I could find within like uh disco and and going on as as different forms developed like any kind of like uh genre that could be like 
fit under the umbrella of dance music. Just listening year by year of everything yeah. I could find. And like, I, my ears were, they were de-electronified. Like I, I, I found myself like, you know, initially like I would listen to like a, a 1973, like kind of like proto-disco, like Philly soul track. And like, maybe I wouldn't, like, I don't know. Like I just, I wasn't in the posi- position to, to like, get as much from it as like now like it's like can be like like that sound is like one of the greatest things in the world and so it it took like an adjustment period but at this point I was just like so kind of like committed to like I need to see where this came from like I've been so in love with like this entire culture and like Mm -hmm. I I, want to go back to its birth yeah um and so this came in parallel with um eventually beginning to read a book by the the author I mentioned Tim Lawrence um actually have it right here it's called Love Saves the Day um a history of American dance music culture 1970 to 1979 um and so this really like charts the beginning of of contemporary dance music culture um of course beginnings are always kind of like a a like a sticky subject and it's we can't like simply just say like oh everything started in 1970 and nothing preceded that um but the book doesn't doesn't intend to do this but 1970 is like a really pivotal time um that's when two parties which kind of are are charted as like key like landmarks to this history um began uh and so like the narrative of this book sort of begins with the first official party at, at the loft, uh, which was what uh, became known of the parties that uh, a man named David Mancuso held in his uh, like loft, sort of ex-industrial space, his home in New York, um, and also the conversion of a, a club called The Sanctuary um, into a, a club that would welcome gay attendees. Um, and these coincided uh, by, you know, like within a month, Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is like where this history, where this narrative of the history sort of begins. Um, it's an incredible book. Uh, I will often like call it like my Bible to uh-huh. people these days <laughs> because it really like changed the course of my life. And wow. and listening yeah. back to this music like year by year, and then kind of reading this book in parallel yeah. with that listening project, like. It just, yeah, it was it was like an incredibly like revelatory. It feels like and a like, religious experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Spiritual. Maybe. Really, absolutely. A word, uh, religious, maybe. if you will. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I won't be picky about it. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, reading about the the sort of dance floor experiences that people would have on these dance floors, um, at the loft in particular, like, and just you know the the odd tones of the people who speak about this experience um you know people who kind of were initiated into this culture um before it really could be identified as a culture and it's just people having parties like you can count among them um really like pioneers people who would go on to become pioneers within this culture um many other djs um that you know we could identify as like key figures within the 1970s um playing playing what would go on to to be sort of codified as disco music but also like 
Frankie Knuckles, Larry LeVan, um, originators of sort of Chicago house and like New York garage house, um, uh, respectively. They were like, they were kids. They were like 15, mm-hmm. 16 yeah. years old going yep. to the loft. And that was like, that was it for them. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it just became kind of like undeniable. Um, and really yeah. because of this book largely, like within the cultural, like, discussion now it's pretty much just like considered like uh, accepted as sort of like fact in, in yeah. a way that this history was kind of like was was sort of like uh was underground and like brushed mm-hmm. to the side and um there weren't like you know nowadays like you can you can go on like a uh, like a Google news search and like sort it by date and like probably every two weeks you'll see somebody writing something about the loft um, but that really wasn't the case until like this sort of research like project that, that Tim Lawrence is kind of the key figure in uh, went underway and, and that book was published in 1999 um, of course it wasn't until 2020 that I got to it um, and this culture was already kind of like very much revered so I had heard of the loft, but like, uh, I don't know, it wasn't done justice until until I read this book. Um, and if we rewind just a little bit, like already a, a couple of years before this, maybe a year and a half or a few years even before that, I had kind of like decided that I might be interested in like trying, trying out DJing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like a year and a half before uh, I got my hands on this book and, and was in the midst of this like music listening project. Um, I, I got myself just a, a digital DJ controller. Um, and at that point, like I was still kind of playing, I was playing in a way that was very much informed by the way that like my peers in sort of like this like uh, queer, like underground, like more experimental kind of like club approach were playing. Um, very fast paced very kind of like uh, almost like collage oriented where like the rapid fire kind of like mix and and switching between things and and mashing up disparate elements like that's like kind of the name of the game within this like particular time and and within this sort of group Um, and shit just wasn't really like popping off for me like I would sit down and I would practice mixing and like I would have fun but like, couldn't feel myself like building skill necessarily, and uh, a, a good mix was like I was just as likely to like happen upon like a like a nice little blend as as I was like a total train wreck, mm-hmm. um, and it it kind of suggested itself was was going to be yet another. Um, sort of like abandoned project that like sat in the corner of my room collecting dust and just kind of like made me feel like this this sense of shame yeah. um, which was something that I was yeah. just all too familiar with at that point in my life it felt like at one point or another like everything that I ever like picked up and, and was excited about would would at, at some later point become that kind of thing where I just I couldn't even like think about it without just like feeling like like guilt and uh Mm -hmm. and not just a a total kind of like inertia and paralysis inability to uh, engage with it again um and so like that the dj controller threatened to become one of these sort of objects 
Um, but this sort of this paradigm shift, this almost religious experience, was was also something that that flipped around my understanding of like how uh, how playing music, how DJing could be approached, and it was really like reading about how the the pioneers of this like more or less like brand new form um djing had been around of course it preceded like 1970 but really this like cultural moment um it was the first time where um crowds would congregate Mm -hmm. to dance and to dance all night yeah um and to and to engage in sort of a back and forth exchange of energy and conversation with a dj yeah the way this craft was developed at this period of time um learning about the approaches of of those figures who were there at the beginning and 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 how they intuitively sort of developed this craft like from its infancy um it just like it switched something in me and uh there was really just there was one day where i was in the midst of reading this book and i don't know it had maybe been like four or five months since i had touched my dj controller um and i just decided like i'm gonna go home from my job at the library today and i'm going to just play some tracks that i want to hear um I'm not going to worry about about mixing or n- not even going to worry about like necessarily like having the smoothest transitions or like or or really extended like blends between these tracks like I'm just going to play some tracks that I would like to hear together. Yeah. And so I started thinking about well, what may which, I want to play. Which ones? Yeah, okay. so I was just throwing stuff in a playlist and uh-huh. then I kind of started to think about like just naturally from there like oh well like what what might sound good together and yeah uh, and after all the research you've been doing right right (laughs) and so part of this like early approach is also really like respect for um for this this craft as a form of communication as a form of storytelling um and that's not to say that that's like an element that is absent in today's DJing, but it's it's not always foregrounded. There are many different ways to DJ, and I mean some some DJ, uh, some DJs will will play a set with like nary a vocal like in the set, um, and so like any any element of storytelling, sure, music can convey meaning in in a way that that. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to have like lyrics involved but um it's just to say that like the the sort of communicative element the the storytelling element is not always foregrounded in today's djing and and it wasn't foregrounded in the the approach that i kind of felt inclined to be engaging with previous to engaging with this history um but now that i had this history kind of like with me um and and very much with me because like it was just like you know reading about this like it it struck my heart um reading about sort of like the potentials the collective potentials the like ecstatic potentials of the dance floor experience especially when people are engaged in this 
sort of like in this in this form of of a dialogue of of a like collective kind of like journey through various like emotions and and states of being um it was just kind of self-evident to me like this this is what i want to do when i'm putting together this this one particular like mix of music um Mm -hmm. and so i started thinking about what how you know what what sequence i might want to play these tracks in and before I knew it, before I even got home and, and sat down and, and plugged in the deck, like these tracks were sort of like talking to each other and, and rhyming with each other. And, and this sort of like narrative arc emerged. And I went home and I think maybe at that point I was just kind of transfixed by what was like happening before me. And I didn't even get to mixing that night, but I was just kind of like working on like get cohering this these mm-hmm. musical elements together yeah. what i was playing ran the gamut from uh from disco to to house uh like more more contemporary house uh, some tracks like by octo octa um who's like a, a really influential dj and uh producer to me um just really all, like all kinds of stuff uh spanning sort of like many uh, sort of dimensions of like my, my musical interests um, and by the time a few days later like I actually sat down to like put this together in a mix at some point it had become clear to me this isn't just like to like to do like to put together like at home like this is a story and I need to tell it yeah uh, and so and so logically it's like well I need to have a party (laughs) and then so that's I mean I I think that's like as good a place as any to end this like incredibly drawn out answer is 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 I was struck with with the need to to have a party um and to and to tell this story at that party damn (laughs) that's great that's like a great movie (laughs) you know maybe so yeah just saying I remember the first time I uh, I told my best friend Micah sort of this account, um, like, and, and this was like in real time, sort of it like had happened just within like the past like month or two. Yeah. And I, I recounted like what I had been sort of like going through the way, like, yeah. just I was experiencing like the, this transformation, like, yeah. this, like this understanding of like a, a vocation in this world. And by the time I finished, uh, pretty much telling this the same story I just told you um, with maybe some of the beginning parts uh, elided because Micah was there alongside yeah. of me for much of it yeah um, they said Junie I think I think you're a prophet <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not to say I would I, mean, I would agree with that characterization but um you know it's I, I mean it's a the people it's are a, gonna call me what they call me I guess <laughs> right right <laughs> I mean, it's I'm not saying I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. Yeah, like I think people talk. <laughs> right. I didn't say it. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's a potent story. Like I was, I mean, I truly like I'm a spiritual person, as I have suggested, and I I truly feel like um, in every party since I at some point feel like this is like. I have I have been called to open myself up as a channel of like of divine love and light, um, and you know it's 
it's not infrequent at this point i would say it's like it's reliable it's consistent that that i will be able to at some point like during the course of a party on the dance floor see sort mm-hmm. of the transmission of that potent that energy, energy on throughout yeah. diffuse throughout song. everybody there who is who is opening their heart to the the music and that energy um and uh again I'll, I'll quote something micah just recently said to me um not just my best friend but really like somebody who has become like a really sort of a central like organ within this larger like party organism um and i just i couldn't imagine it without them um and they recounted these these few times uh when they they felt as if they could literally see like strings extending out from their self Mm -hmm. and connecting everyone on that dance floor um and it's it's like yeah like this is this is powerful stuff Mm -hmm. um and so i'm like i'm humbled like first and foremost like every day like i'm i'm humbled and and grateful and and blessed to like have the opportunity to uh that i just i happen to be the one who like often is kind of like behind the behind the counter like putting on the music to to let this unfold to um yeah wow. <laughs> if i wasn't excited already like, yeah, sure well now I'm, maybe i maybe i've older oversold it i really got to deliver <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna hold you too yeah right? <laughs> i better see strings right yeah 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 strings are your, your money back <laughs> I don't, I don't even, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no ticket charge. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> That's great. Wow. And it's so nice that like you have kind of like, I don't want to say figured it out, but like you seem like very sure. Sometimes it feels like, like I figured it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so this like. And the, not. I don't. I don't feel that way, and so do a lot. A lot of other people. Do I often. Feel that way I either. often don't feel that way. Sure. But sure. But, but sometimes I do, and I yeah, yeah I see it, and and just kind of like moments, sparks, like in the several weeks long or sometimes months long, like preparations for a particular party the the accumulation of all of this musical information and the kind of like spiraling around this kind of like like node of like some spark of energy that I then kind of just like gather and and, and cohere around it to like weave together this sort of mesh that I will then like bring forth to to present in in an improvisational manner um, I never know exactly like how it's going to come out the night of mm-hmm. after the first few parties, the first few parties I did sequence the musical selections, but I kind of gradually like abandoned that and, and it became really an improvisatory practice, which I, I think is like where really the most potent sort of power of, of this practice of, um, of DJing, if you will, or, or selecting or, um, for me and for the way that David Mancuso of The Loft identified himself, uh, musical hosting. Um, and that, that's just really kind of to, to foregrounds um, 
you know, host is, it's like, that's the word. Musical is, is a modifier, but like at, at its core, like it's, it's welcoming people into the space and, uh, and, and gathering them together and, um, you know, nourishing mm-hmm. my community, uh, whether that's through the, the food that, um, that my dearest friend Carrie makes, um, the cake that my partner Shrey makes, um, the music selections or, or, or whatever it may be, um, yeah, that, that nourishment, it's so good. <laughs> it, yes, <laughs> it, it, it always that. is so good. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I can attest, hey, Kenny, though Kenny I can't always recipes. attest because sometimes, you know, I'm like in a, in a sort of like trance state and sometimes yeah. I get into the kitchen finally, like several hours mm-hmm. in the party and it's like, I missed it. I, yeah. the plate's cleared. <laughs> right. Um, but really the, 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 yes, the, the potential of this practice um, which, which for me and for me after David and many others in this sort of like loft party tradition, um, hosting is, is a central element. Um, mm-hmm. the improvisation really kind of opens up some of that potential. Um, and so back to, back to where we were, sometimes these sparks, I have this, this kind of like understanding of you know, I'll hear a certain track and just immediately kind of identify it as like, oh, this is, this is a key track for like, mm-hmm. for what is, is trying to, to be said. It's not even, I mean, it's often not like what I am trying to say. Like it's, it's not always something that has so much forethought. Sometimes it is, sometimes there's sort of a, uh, a rhetorical, um, sort of like mode that I'm operating in or, uh, maybe like a even like didactic mode like i'm i'm trying to like deliver a message that um you know is often one of uh sort of a like socio-political ethic like grounded in like solidarity and love um and in the need for like revolutionary transformation in the world um so sometimes it's that but sometimes it's just like you know it's it's beyond me like i'm just a vessel um And so, so these sparks come at times um, that I really do like feel like, yeah, like this is this is what I am here to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was twenty five when this when this all kind of began when I had the first party when I read that book, and for for all of that year, um, I'm twenty seven now. Um, we're, we're about to celebrate the second anniversary of the party for all of that year was, it was just like, wow, like 25 is it like that. This, this is it. Like I know now, like mm-hmm. all, all this time, I've just felt like a drift. Your brain fully forms confused. at 25. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, yep, thinking, I know what I got to do. <laughs> Which is not to say that it's like a guarantee that the no, timing sure. will be the same for any given no, it person. Wasn't, it's not for me. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and it's you're like in, if you're nearing the last days of your 25th year, like don't fret. It's like, all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like that was the year that that my life was kind of uh, given one of its purposes yeah. in in such a clear, undeniable way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Because I was told, <laughs> one of my coworkers at the time when I turned 25, I love hearing a good 25 story. Oh, because... right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is a phenomenon that seems like to spread no, a little wider. She was like, oh, yeah, um, 
I don't know where she um, was originally from, but she was saying how, like, in her country, like, 25 is, like, the unlucky number. Oh. And that same day, my birthday is December 5th. Uh-huh. That same day, my other coworker, as soon as the first coworker said, like, oh, that's the unlucky year on my birthday, when I'm turning 25, the other coworker turns and she's like, well, I just heard about this thing that's, like, spreading. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was literally, like, COVID-19. Oh, sh- oh my God. No, that thing that's spreading. Yikes. This was, like, when it was, like, just in China. Right. Still. No, such weird but that's days literally the to look data back upon. I'm like... <laughs> I always think about that, because I'm just like, what? the hell did she do to me? She right. cursed me. Oh my god. <laughs> she cursed me. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so glad that your 25th year went a lot better. Right. Yeah. No, I had the little, I had the little cushion. I was 24 for that first year of the pandemic. Uh, yeah. and, and, and no, that was a wild one. Like, <laughs> yeah, I Goodness think I, had, I kind of, kind of found my footing to a certain degree, like as we all kind of had no, after yeah, that, totally. after that shake. No, yeah, totally. But, um, wow, there's, like, so much years of research that kind of, like, built up to this point. Right. Did you ever, like, were were you ever the type of person to, like, want to host events and do that kind of thing before? Like, did were you kind of doing that even before you started throwing parties, or did that kind of come with the whole... So, um, kind of early in college, uh, myself and Carrie and our roommate Esteban, we, uh, would frequently host, like, parties, but, but not like, you know, now to me, like, what a party is, like, what a party is meant to be, like, like, if there, if there's not (laughs) dancing, it's not a party, like, Uh I'm sorry, like, like, sure, it's, it's a, it's a function, maybe, no, not even, like, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's something else like mm-hmm. um it's, a, it's an obligation more than anything yeah. that I will like be like <laughs> talking my way out of if there's if there's not going to be some dancing and if the, if there's any potential like I will like I will trip I will do everything in my power to like send it up um yeah. <laughs> so we would host parties like quote unquote um but yeah no it's, it's mostly based around like talking and maybe maybe fleeting moments of little dancing and and I would always like make like a playlist for the party um I love the playlist yeah yeah and so that was like an enjoyable like practice at the time and uh the parties themselves were could be enjoyable but also could be like a source of a source of anxiety for me just because like yeah I was uh, gonna say the idea of inviting all these people that I like then have to sort of in these small groups have like little bits of like just like small trivial conversation with like throughout the night uh like it's it's quite daunting even even now to me um yeah i was gonna ask about that even too because i get that way right and so we get that way and so really kind of like when i first uh like came into the intention of, of hosting the first of these parties um it was very much like a lot of attention was paid to like how do I present this in a way that it's foregrounded that this is a party for dancing how do I like uh, make this space 
in a way that it's natural for people to want to dance um and and that like that this room is is for dancing and like if you want to have a conversation sure but like you know there's 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 another area to kind of gravitate to to do that um and you know i i found myself like really quite successful in that in that first party and uh creating a space where people felt inclined to dance and where there was like pretty concerted dancing throughout the night um and i i understood it then as like this is a way for me to sort of like um reach a a state of like sort of social satisfaction um in a way that sort of circumvents that social anxiety yeah where i can be in the company of many of my friends um but our communication uh at least my communication with the friends is is principally almost entirely through music and through dance um and you know it's it's become such a scenario uh like within that characterization to such an extent that now as the party has grown as mm-hmm. as friends and of friends have found their way there uh, I ha- I share these dance floor experiences with people who I have not previously yeah. met and you know I can see them walking down I the street and we'll greet each other yep. like family yeah, like because we, so we have just we've shared like a, a sacred incredibly yeah. intimate bond in just kind of like freely moving our bodies together in a carefree childlike playful way um our like our hearts are linked like we share moments yeah. that we'll remember for, forever and yet i don't know what you do for work yeah. i've never had a conversation yeah. with you but yeah. i love you mm-hmm. and so i just i have so many of those friendships yeah. now um and you know, I, I just, I, I would never look back. Like, I could never now have a party that, that doesn't, like, at least have some kind of, like, dancing component to it. Um, yeah. Though I do occasionally have kind of, like, more more low-key functions. Um, but even still, like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's always kind of nice that if I do get, like, tied into, like, some small talk that I'm, like having some difficulty navigating it's always like oh i gotta put on another track (laughs) (laughs) so i I have an out like Uh, i have a job to do i also love like being like an event like coordinator like facilitator because it's like there's something else to do right also getting to know people so it kind of takes that pressure off a little bit absolutely i totally feel that yeah that's sweet yeah i just i love to be around people i love people i love uh i love intimacy i love company um but I, I, I mean, I struggle with, with conversation yeah. oftentimes. Um, and so, yeah, it's just the dance party. Like, I, I feel like, <laughs> like we, I like we just make an infomercial for it. Like, like <laughs> yeah. do you struggle with social anxiety, but like, <laughs> but wish to be in the company of friends? Try the dance party. <laughs> I think like, we'll, that would be, yeah, we <laughs> we'll make a killing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should, if, yeah, we should totally, I would love to make a skit that would be so good <laughs> yeah a nice little um advert <laughs> yeah yeah um so i also did want to ask like specifically like can you tell me about your soundcloud and your mix cloud because 
Like, are are those two separate things? I've never heard of Mixcloud before. Sure. Yeah. So, so Mixcloud is a platform that's kind of like more specifically geared toward uploading like uh, sort of like longer form DJ mixes. Right. Um, whereas SoundCloud, a lot of people just, you know, upload like individual tracks that they've produced as well as mixes. Um, and so I just, I, I initially took to when I first had recorded mixes to present, um, of which, you know, most of what I have online still is, um, just recordings of what I have done at the parties. Um, well, I, I just kind of took to uploading things to both SoundCloud and MixCloud thinking that there are different audiences active on those two different sites. Um, people who are like coming from maybe outside of like the dance music sphere or the, or the DJ sphere, like are probably more familiar with SoundCloud. And so I want to have that available, but then like, um, who knows, like maybe some, like some real, like, like dance music heads, like some old heads will be like browsing Mixcloud and, and we'll find something. True. So, yeah. So I just, I've never heard of Mixcloud and I was like, is that it's specifically for right. that kind of Yeah. I will say my Mixcloud is at this point, like quite neglected. Um, because like uploading things in parallel to two different platforms, like it, it can be kind of a chore. So, so my SoundCloud is more up to date. Um, and And like, uh, I saw that you had a lot of, or like you had a few mixes available for download. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you want to, I want to hear about that too. Like why you decided to. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, like SoundCloud's app, like these days, like, I don't know can be like kind of frustrating um so i don't know i just kind of i decided to make mixes available for download so like whatever happens like whatever whatever you want to listen to it on whatever like your kind of capacity to like deal with like the the weirdness of various apps like um it's an option to simply have an mp3 and it's just like i mean you'll have it like on your drive for as long as you like keep keep that drive um you know like uh transferred so like um just just to kind of to have the music which is yeah, which is something that I mean, we very often don't today exactly. in in the age yeah, of streaming saying, like, like you know many people do not download mp3s no. of anything um i just think it's like um it's i feel like that's not common especially just because you know capitalism and things like of this but right, it's yeah. just not common to for you know a creator somebody like doing something creative and look like it's a labor of love you know but you know still you put a lot of work and time into it and then just throw it up for free you know that's not super often so I just you know I think it's I really appreciate it because I also like to share like downloadable yeah content and stuff like that too like downloadable zines and that kind of a thing yeah like, absolutely I, love, I just I love the internet like in that way right like I love like being able to kind of how you were saying too about the is it called rate your music was that what it was called right yeah, yeah. and it is very user powered and participatory uh-huh. yeah and... it's not like it's kind of like 
It feels like it's harkening back to... It is when, very old internet. Yeah, even even aesthetically, old. it still is. Um, in ways that the design has been updated, but there's still like a classic theme that oh, I that I use yeah. on, on my account. And so... Because yep. um, so it's just, just also homogenous right. a lot of the times. It's like a lot of it is very surface level. It's like, you know, what's that thing? It's like you only see like the surface level of the internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like there's also been kind of in parallel with that, like a sort of revival of like the GeoCities phenomenon with with NeoCities. so much. There's NeoCities, that's like a thing I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know. So just people having their own cool, like personal little corners of the internet. I always thought GeoCities was so cool. Absolutely. And that's also like why I wanted, like why I got into coding like a couple years ago. Like I'm not like... A professional by any means I know like very surface level like HTML and CSS but that's why I, that's 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 the that's what I love though I love the very like simplified yes like stripped down but also like I love like maximalist websites too have you heard of Camlin's world I'm not gonna try to get up to off topic but I might have my partner Shrey is like a connoisseur okay. of like of old tech, old internet. So yes. like I've seen probably a lot more stuff than like my knowledge retains. Cameron's world is just kind of like an an online like I'm I believe it's like an archive of yeah. like GeoCities. So oh yes, can, okay. Like a bunch of gifts and it's like a very long page and it goes on forever and you can click around the page and there's music and then when you click on like certain like gifts, it'll take you to like an old like GeoCities page and sometimes the links work sometimes it's right. like it goes to a broken Link page because it's yeah. GeoCities doesn't exist anymore kind yeah. of thing but um I yeah, love that I, I website that so much <laughs> I do too I have like a folder of like gifts like yeah <laughs> so like whenever I make a new website I can throw some silly like gifts in there and like using the old school like um, like characters to just make like emoticons and stuff. Yeah. I just love that. And I don't so think much. it's just like aesthetic nostalgia. Like it, like I don't know it. It's like you said, it's more participatory. It, it, it feels more back to a time when the internet had all of this kind of like participatory, like uh, communal, yet, you want to, yet not individual a... and personalized like potential. And yeah, it was fun. It's playful. It was fun. It, it wasn't like meant to, cause like engagement is still a thing that you hear, but right. it's like not the same type of engagement. Yeah, no. I feel like I'm not really engaged with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like... I like to use Instagram to, you know, put like my podcast on there. That's how most people are going to be exactly. able to find out about it. Like, yeah. That's yeah. just how it is. So it's like, I, I think it can be fun, but a lot of the times the way it's like the way social media and stuff is used anymore, it's just very like, I don't know. Again, just homogenous comes to mind. I just think of like, it's just all like, it's made to be that way. Like it's made oh, to no, be yeah, that way. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's like algorithms and all that stuff, which you kind of mentioned earlier too. So let alone how it's made to be like addictive. <laughs> uh-huh, literally when people... I, I always talk about that. It's like, it's, yeah, it's revolting. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll um, reel it back a little bit. Yeah, well, I guess in but, in interest of kind of like doing what I can to like uh, have this community like exist, not just when it's in the room dancing together, um, but but even in the way that people hear about it. 
as much as possible outside of that sort of framework um, is the practice of, which again is something that I initially did in homage to the loft, the way that David um, made the party known to people was he mailed out invitations to his yeah. friend because that's what you did in 1970. Yeah. Um, and people don't really do that, do that now. anymore either. Yeah, um, I love a good invitation. Right. And so that's what I've done from the beginning. And it, it, uh, I don't know, it's for one, it, to me, it has this kind of like magic. Like I, I send this little object out into the world or, or a stack of, of hundreds of yeah. these objects out into the world. And they, they make their way through the magic of the U.S. Postal oh, Service thank you. to, Postal to all my friends, um, some near, some far. There are friends that I, that I send invitations to in New York, even though they're, they're probably not going to make it to the party. Yeah. Um, and, and that, so that exciting. that piece of mail that summons them and they find their way into this house um and it's just i don't know it's it's a small miracle uh just talking about mail here i get really excited <laughs> about mail um but I yeah love the mail <laughs> right i think we yeah we should we should all like just like take a take a little bit more time to just like uh appreciate the what what we have with that um yeah i was reading a little bit about postal art the other day um which was a whole sort of like movement and and mm-hmm. starting in the 1980s um and i don't know there's like so much potential in that and i haven't even like explored that history really um but that's also sort of like what the imitations have become is sort of like a practice in like uh you know like small sort of uh pieces of art if you will though I don't always like necessarily take them that seriously but I do put like care into them and 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 make sure the imagery kind of like um like just like fits in with with the energy of of the music and the moods that I'm like uh dealing in um and it's such a treat to to go over to friends houses or even to find myself at like sort of an acquaintance's house and see these invitations like up on the fridge, um, and I I don't know it's it's a memento, um, mm-hmm. it's it's a little it's a little piece of art that you can put up on the yeah. wall, um, and mm-hmm. for me someday it's like it's it's a piece of what's gonna be like a hell of a like like book yeah just like of of documentation of yes. of this beautiful thing that we've got going yeah I love that I love all of that so much I agree like I. I've I've like I've even gotten to points where I purposefully will like make myself go back to these things of like like mailing out mailing out a letter to a friend right and and it's almost like I need to make it like more of a consistent practice but like in the past I've definitely used may like mail or like burning cds and that kind of thing almost like coping yeah almost like coping mechanisms yeah with like with the feel so good but then it's like and then i go back and i listen to these like burned cds or like i i see the letter that like i gave my like i sent my friend a year ago or whatever and it just brings even though i was like not in a good place when i was like making making that stuff happen like I look on it fondly because again I just like yeah there's just something especially since like bringing it back to the whole like 
social media being addictive and that kind of a thing. Like, right. I've definitely gotten sucked down the doom scrolling yeah, of type of thing, and like, who among us? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I find that like, the more that I get sad, the more that I like retreat into my devices. Yeah. And I know it's like. But it's not even like usually it's not even like escapism. It's yeah, like, no, it's, it's just, just. I mean, I think it's just like sort of like, it's, it's the thing that is closest within reach and just that pass that can time. give you something that will just yeah. like that will just, yeah yeah just so, something to, to grab onto that can pass time that yeah that can exactly. just like it's just a pastime can fill up like some like fill up these right. I don't want to be thinking so yeah. Just, like just like give come. give the synapses yeah. like just <laughs> Make them this bullshit yeah. yeah um so i but i always find myself like recognizing that and being like i need to like step away from this and do something that's gonna actually like make me feel good it doesn't even need to be like quote unquote productive but like something that's gonna make me feel good like and something that like involves my body right like, yeah like There's, i mean like a we, thumb like <laughs> flicking on my screen is not you know yeah. but the, the act of like getting a piece of paper sitting down at my desk getting my favorite pen yes the one that writes the best yes. getting out my little stickers that i can like decorate the envelope with and stuff absolutely and then it's like I, I need to like pass my time this way like I, right whenever I feel like this need that I need to fill up my time because I'm feeling like awful right I need to do, like I always end up going back to those like the material the the, and yeah. the physical like yeah, le- the physical, like it exactly. like it or not I often I haven't we year. are embodied yeah. beings yeah. we we exist in the material realm yeah and to to move to engage with 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 the world in a physical tangible way like it also I goes into like taking up space and stuff too and yeah. like allowing yourself to like take up space yeah, especially so, if in, in, if you're like feeling anxious too it's right like, so these these, these practices yes these practices like of meditation of, of yoga and and very much so of dance, dance. like yeah. they are a way to sort of um like to to move around within this embodiment uh to to find a a space yeah to make a space um that that we can comfortably exist in um and and for me dancing is is it's very much like a therapeutic practice yeah. um and dancing collectively like that yeah. it adds a whole other dimension um when when we can all kind of like like move in this way um when we can all kind of find make make time and space to to find a comfortable way of inhabiting our bodies and in a joyful way and we're doing it together like that is that's the material makings of 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 kinship of of bonds of solidarity that are like what we need Crucial. what we need right just now. just for Crucial life but yes also like if we're gonna if we if we stand any chance of like getting through this shit yeah. like like we need to we need to have something that kind of like that 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 cultivates that those bonds and like i i find that 
like my my part to play in in this sort of like just like wider struggle um, is to uh, is to carve out some small space uh, a, a little cozy nook for for people to uh, to to be able to access that kind of shared experience in um, and yeah it's a uh, it's tremendously rewarding but but it's also something that you know shit like I need it um, yeah. I, I depend on it yeah. yeah that's how I feel a lot of times too I mean even earlier I was telling you I was like not having the best day and I was like am I gonna go even like coming over here am I like right. gonna go in and like have a bad attitude but I like knew in my head that like that it would make me feel better like yeah. I know I'm like I'm just I'm like I'm gonna talk to like, <laughs> like, <laughs> how can I be? I appreciate a that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would like make me feel better. I'm so glad. I was just like, I got five hours of sleep. Like, am I even like in the right? Well, I, well, I have the like capacity, I guess, yeah. to like be able to <laughs> yeah. be here and stuff. And but like, I knew it was gonna. Well, likewise, I, I, I didn't. I didn't it's have all, the it's worst the anxiety too. Right. It's like always the anxiety too. It's like it's gonna. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay, brain. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're good. We're safe. I had a fairly okay day, but um, but you know now I'm I'm grinning ear to yeah, ear. Yeah. If, if exactly. y'all can't hear it, like just so you know, like yeah. image description, like June is, <laughs> is grinning ear to ear. Um, and yeah, I know. Just even yeah, exactly. even just sitting in company with someone. In, in 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 whatever people people object to maybe there's less of an objection now to kind of calling it the real world because the internet is is real too in some ways but yeah IRL um enfleshed like it's we yeah. need it so it's yeah. like a, it's like um I'm also glad that like I was able to come to to your house for this interview too because it's like showing me that like I should do it as often as I can like right. I have some guests that are not local yeah but I'm like if I can make it to someone's house I think I would much more prefer it just yeah. because it's I don't know yeah I mean I I'm so certainly nice. like in a, <laughs> in a position of comfort and yeah it's yeah. just it's the simple like the most kind of like foundational like building block of just like an extension of hospitality yeah. like what welcoming someone into your home to to enjoy a cup of coffee and a conversation yeah. together thank you again for the cup of coffee of course i yeah. needed it <laughs> I, I'll, I'll push it on anyone who, <laughs> who enters that threshold <laughs> you're like do you want coffee or tea and i'm like oh well, i won't ask for coffee but then you're like right answer have it made? right answer <laughs> and i'm like okay if you already have it made then i will for sure take it because yeah and not many people i me and jackson always drink coffee oh yeah too but yeah. Of some people are like oh i can't sleep i'm like you're weak no i'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not weak they're not weak i'm just kidding but um, <laughs> some people can't do it but i'm just like i could have a cup Built of coffee different. and go to sleep right no yeah I literally just go to sleep yeah yeah i was i was drinking coffee at intermezzo the other night like late into the night went home and slept like a baby yeah. right right <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love that so uh, this, much. This this podcast episode is really like complete <laughs> now that we've got like some 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 old school sleep sound effects. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was doing that the other day too. I just that's been in like it's 
That's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite post-party memories. Often friends will who who come from further will will stay over, um, and. Uh, Oh, that's you know that was just best. yeah. So the it was just hangs. like the whole the, the living room, the the <laughs> front everything? room, like everything was just populated <laughs> by people getting cozy, oh. and like all of a sudden it was just a chorus of just any any which way you can you can do it. Like we're just everybody was on it, and it was it was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that's that like synergy right, right right yeah well it's because we were all so synchronized yeah. from from a night of sharing energy together like we were on that same shit like no but really the the no, yeah. the, the post-party glow is really oh, it's, it's one real. of yeah it's one of my favorite things about this whole thing yeah, yeah. man i'm so excited <laughs> um i wanted to one of the last things that i'll ask to kind of wrap it up a little bit is um did you want to give anybody a shout out i know you mentioned some of your yes um influences and like friends that you've like met and made throughout the years but is there anyone like in particular that you would want to shout out like people who are like oh i want to like learn more or if there's even anybody in like the tampa like scene that you're like oh this person's also throwing parties or anything. Absolutely, anything. yeah. yeah. Um, Lay it on us. Sure. Uh, so I guess I'll just, just start by sort of uh, retracing my steps. Um, uh, so so David Mancuso uh, yeah. was the, the host of The Loft, um, a party that is still running after David's passing. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a family affair. It's been transmitted to sort of you know, a next yeah. generation of, of party hosts That's and sweet. organizers. And at this point, like the loft style party has really kind of bloomed into this network of, of many um, among the hosts of which you can count um, uh, Tim Lawrence, the author of, of the book, Love Saves the Day. Um, his uh, friend and colleague, Jem Gilbert, is another. Those two run an excellent podcast together, uh, Love is the Message. That's all about sort of this history, but um, extends into uh, much, much further, far, far flung realms uh, related to this. Um, deals a lot in sort of social and political issues, and looks at sort of the role of of counterculture in society and the way that like dance music culture, in particular, this this sort of party culture, can be located as a countercultural formation. Um, Another one of those figures is Colleen Murphy, who is uh, maybe if there if there was a single figure who could be identified as sort of like one of David's proteges, uh, it, it may have to be Colleen Murphy. And these these people all work together, throwing parties together um, over in the UK and in New York. There are parties mm-hmm. across across the country, across the world now, kind of all working within this tradition. Um, never complete without balloons. Uh, many balloons for David. That was a very important thing that that harkened back to like the childhood birthday party. True. Yeah. Um, and so and so, if you come to one of my parties, there there will always be balloons. Um, let's see. So uh, so these are kind of the figures that are uh, that are most influential to me, like working within this practice. But then also, of course, like people within my own life, like that I could not do any of this without. Um, my light, uh, my love, my partner, Shrey, um, is, uh, 
you know, my partner in, in all things, um, music mm-hmm. not excluded. And uh, I would say that, you know, somewhere in that story of how I found myself to this practice, um, there, there were so many sort of like reawakenings, opening, opening up to, to some things in music that I maybe had been kind of like, uh, like desensitized to or, or jaded by, yeah, um, and and just right. a, a continual kind of like, uh, just, just a light giving force, which which love has has been in my life, um, and so eternal gratitude and love mm-hmm. to Shrey, um, wow. who I I look forward to to sharing the decks with um, mm-hmm. for for the rest of our days, um, also uh, of course provides like the most um just inspired bespoke cakes that you can imagine um for mm-hmm. for many of the parties um my former partner and and again I'll say my dearest friend Carrie um she uh, cooks a, a beautiful wonderful spread uh for for every party and really um it, it, it would not be, it, it may be inviting people to a house party, but it would not be inviting people to a home without Carrie's hospitality. She's a, in, yeah. in classic tourist fashion, she is just a, a wonderful host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, our baby, Ginger, um, she doesn't make her appearance at many of the parties. <laughs> many people will come into the house and, and, and dance, the just have the night of their lives, dance their ass off. Like to the ground to the ceiling and not know that that sweet little princess is uh-huh. is back in the bedroom corner um but she is she's always back there um i, I hope maybe feeling that energy with with some uh with with not great discomfort hopefully she does great with fireworks and and you know there's always like some kind of rumbling bass around here mm-hmm. so um True. she's she's very she's very generous with her with her tolerance of that but she's a shy girl yeah um she did she made an appearance at the very first party came out came out and just stood beside me uh among the the first kind of stroke Is of the first party She's a she's a borzoi. She's a, a big big sight hound. Oh okay. Yeah. Um. And she's yeah she's my my baby big my angel. Dumb. Um. And uh, oh. definitely like a very beloved like therapeutic presence yeah. in my life. And in any time any time that a party like threatens just like going to to shit like just like is it's not working like like ginger's there and uh you know that that fluffy butt to like lay my yeah. head on is uh is just something that like so, is so steadfast that I that I depend on greatly. Oh yeah. Um I'll also say uh, my bestie Micah who has been at uh you know hasn't hasn't been able to make quite every party but has been at damn near every party mm-hmm. um and who it just epitomizes uh with with the energy that they bring the the love and an unending openness um, epitomizes like the the spirit of the party um, and you know I think Micah Micah dancing in mm. in in their little corner of the dance floor mm-hmm. uh, they, they don't always like uh, traverse oscillate careen around the dance floor <laughs> as wildly as I do uh-huh. um, <laughs> unless I've roped them into it sometimes yeah or, you know unless Aww. they're they're starting a little a little mosh yeah. of sorts um, but I I just think Micah's presence is 
is mm-hmm. as welcoming as any could be for the, the newcomer who comes Aww. into the door and, and doesn't really know what to expect or what it's about. That's um, sweet. So endless appreciation to Micah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, my bestie Anna, who's the, the first uh, the first who I, who I shared the decks with um, and who I just will will be overjoyed to share uh decks and and dance floors with for for the rest of our days um and so so many more all all my nook babies um just this this whole like wonderful flourishing uh vibrant organic community um thank you all for your energy thank you thank you for dancing with me um and thank you for all who have yet to come um I hope you hope you find your way here soon. Yeah, it's only only a matter of time. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, but like but like in like a really like just with with open arms. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. We'll Aww. we'll let you come to us. But but yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. In an envelope, an nice... envelope is coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> it literally felt like you were like closing up the envelope, and you're like oh, <laughs> and, and, and like, the punching punching little music note yeah. holes in the corners as I always do. <laughs> I, I love my oh. heart. <laughs> my heart. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for opening this space. Um, Thank you for opening this space. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm, this I'm a slut for, for, for archives, oh, for documentation. Yeah, um, with just the, the tiny little clips or for yes. photos after a party and, and love any, so much. I'm always just like doing like I'm a field recordings doll. Like I always just like in the most amateur way, like just opening, no, totally. opening my phone and just like picking up any little yeah. snatch of audio that, that perks yep. my ears up. But a conversation like this, this recording is one that I will treasure yeah. for, forever. So, so thank you so much for, yes. for making this happen. Yeah, me too. Thank you for accepting the invitation, Absolutely. accepting me into your house. Yeah, it's an honor. Um, it's been really great to get to know you more and you know yeah well i'll have to i'll have to like uh I'll have to turn the tables on you so, yeah, that, I can yeah. get to, so that we can even things out <laughs> oh, and balance yeah. the scale. Totally. No, yeah. I, totally down. Anytime. <laughs> um, but before I let you go off mm-hmm. of this recording, sure. um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to um, just say, mention anything that you're working on. I just mentioned you're about to have another party, but um, if you wanted to mention like any of your like your SoundCloud name or anything, plug yourself, you know. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I guess kind of the the hub um, as I as I shake my fist in the sky, <laughs> you can hear the, the bells that the are always on my, on my on my wrist. You can hear those jingling in my shaking my wrist. It's kind of a like a, an irony there. Yeah. Like a, even when, even when I'm shaking my fist, I'm rejoicing. Um, the kind of the hub is is my Instagram. Um, yeah. It's it's unrelated to to my name or or my, my, my other name, if you will, unrelated mm-hmm. to June or Jubilee, but um, if you search Jubilee, you could probably find it, but it is uh, Spangle Baby, um, after a Cocteau Twins lyric, uh, one of my first loves. Um, I'm a dream pop girly before I ever was a dance music girly, <laughs> um, just through and through. Yes. <laughs> um, so Spangle Baby on Instagram, and I have a link tree there that will lead you to my SoundCloud, to, to anywhere else. Um, also, if you want to be, uh, maybe it'll be gone at the time of publication, but at the time of recording this, I still do have one shirt left from the second run of teas that, that I just made with my dear friend Julia. It? it is a medium. 
It might be taken. It might be it taken. Might, okay, it could. Well, maybe. We'll, we'll have, have, have to see. see. There is also one other. Mediums uh, are iffy for yeah, me. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll check see. it. We'll yeah. check it. Um, so maybe I spoke too soon, but yeah, um, <laughs> may, maybe there will be, <laughs> maybe there will be more design things to come. Um, I was telling Mia, I have been doing design for, um, you know, certainly yeah. not as long as I can walk, but like I've been doing design since I was, since I was little, little, um, in some capacity. So, so maybe more of that on the way. I hope someday, maybe even I, I kind of sh- shy about this, but the first, the mm. thing that led to these shirts was I, was I wanted to make a little t-shirt for the party. Oh, um, and so maybe that's, maybe that's on the horizon. Yes. Um, and it would help raise funds too. Um, yeah, my, uh, not to solicit, but my Venmo link is also in my link tree and uh, the, the party improvement fund is always yes. open. Um, yeah. any bit helps. Um, you know, a, a lot goes into this and, uh, I don't the charge at the door. Effort. Nobody is yeah. ever turns away. Um, we just, we just ask for donations. Um, for all the great food, for the balloons, right, for the music. Right, yeah. For, for, for all fun, manner of treats of with a, with a wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Cause we got treats. We got, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, you can find, you can find anything else on Instagram. If you are, if you're not on Insta, you can find my SoundCloud. It's a Jubilee underscore, uh, maybe a second underscore and then three, three, three angel number. (laughs) And I'll also make sure to like have all that like linked in whatever description or bio or whatever, (laughs) wherever I end up, I have a few places where I'll upload this. So I'll make sure everything is. You said you'll have all that LinkedIn. My LinkedIn, it. No, oh, I'm just playing. No. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I might. Somebody might have made a LinkedIn for me. Some along somewhere uh-huh. along that way. But I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think I'm on LinkedIn. So don't. Don't bother looking. Don't. You probably don't even know like my government name. No. So, yeah. yeah. We're good. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Well, thanks again so much yeah, for having you. the conversation and. Um, just opening your home up not only to me but to plenty of other people absolutely most parties and i can't wait to come to the next party. it is yes i can't wait to have you there it is my it is my pleasure um yeah all of you uh re- reach out come to a party if you and sign up sign I, up for that that mailing yeah yeah i i always say um all are welcome who welcome uh, whatever whatever energy is here, whoever you meet here, um, whatever whatever sounds uh, find their way out of these speakers. Um, if you open yourself up to it, like we will accept you with with the most open arms. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a really it's a beautiful, joyous community, and I I would love to have anybody come in and be a part of it. I love that so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. Thank you. If you would like to stay up to date on archived conversations, um, right now I'm posting everything on Instagram. Um, it's going to be at archived convos. Um, and I will also have it on my YouTube channel. So, um, if you don't have an Instagram, you can just go to the public YouTube channel. I also upload these to Spotify and RSS, um, an RSS feed, and all the links will be in the description below. And if you would like to contribute to keeping this podcast going, um, 
I use the funds from my Patreon, um, which is a monthly subscription. Um, you can donate as little as $1. Or you can, uh, if you'd like to give a one-time donation, uh, you can find me at Mia Makes It on Venmo um, or Mia Makes on Cash App. And they're both business profiles. Yeah, so if you're interested in donating to that cause, uh, those are the handles and um, no pressure at all. I appreciate y'all listening and I'll see you soon. Bye.